your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Wednesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at L underscore Penguins. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. This was the last week, I think. Hopefully, I'm going to try to do something um, late week, you know, maybe sometime this weekend before it really kicks back up again um, during the season. So, we have finally made it the day of the expansion draft. Again, thank you all so much for listening to my interview with Josh Yoey. I know he had a lot of great stuff that was in there, you know, especially with regards to the Penguins offseason plans. Um, and they're, they're going to get a little more trickier now that we, it looks like who we know who the Seattle Kraken are going to take tonight, and that is Brandon Tanev. So I know you all are obviously coming here to get my thoughts on that situation, and they're the same uh, as they were this morning and the other day. This actually benefits the Penguins, and it may not be something that you all want to hear, but here's my logic, you know, with this pick. So, you know, they're obviously going a a bit younger, cheaper with their roster, but Tanev is an actual contract that they're taking on. You know, you can sell him, you know, as like a leader of the team, you know, markability, and so much more, so it makes sense. But, you know, uh, from a Penguins perspective, this is four years of three and a half million per right off your cap. I mean, that is just so crucial. And now, um, before the Aston Reese contract kicks in, because obviously I think they're going to resign him, you know, the, the Penguins will have $7.45 million in cap space according to Cap Friendly. So, say Aston Reese gets around a million, million and a half, that goes down to around $6 million, you know, to $6.4, $6.5 million. All of a sudden, this team has some decent salary cap space to play with via trade or via free agency that they didn't have last year or the year before that. And as Tyler Week says, if they offload someone such as Marcus Pedersen in a trade, that's another $4 million off your cap. That takes you up to maybe $10 million. And then if they can somehow get someone to take Tristan Jari off their cap hit, I mean, that, then you're talking around potentially twelve to $13 million in cap space going into this offseason where obviously your number one priority is to get an upgrade in goal. But even if they don't move out one of those players, or even both of those players, and they still have six to six and a half million in cap space, they can go out and sign a good goalie or trade for a good goalie. Whereas beforehand, if they had taken someone such as Zach Aston Reese, that wouldn't be possible. You know, I saw a great tweet earlier today. Um, if I can find this here from Jason, you know, if, if this... And he tweeted, if this was Bluger over McCann, would you prefer Bluger, Philip Hollander, in $6.4 million in cap space? Or would you prefer Tanev with McCann here still in $2.2 million in cap space, assuming they take Zach Aston Reese, when you absolutely need to address goaltending? So I actually look at the McCann trade more of as a, like, it's not awful asset management. It's still bad, but it's not nearly as bad as it was before, and they're gaining salary cap space, and who knows, what if Philip Hollander turns out to be a decent player at the NHL ever, at the NHL level, excuse me, then it gets even better than it was before. And it, it, I get it, everyone. I know Brandon Tanev is a fan favorite. I mean, for God's sakes, people. I mean, he, he literally, his celebration against the Islanders in Game 3 is my lock screen on my iPhone. So, yes, I, I am a huge fan of his. But again, getting that $3.5 million off your cap for the next four years 
is so crucial because you can replace him in free agency. That was the one position on the fourth line that can be replaced because I think Bluger and Aston Reese can do just fine with almost anyone next to them. They can go out into free agency, sign someone such as Yoel Armia from Montreal, sign another depth player. I mean, bring up Freddie Goudreau, put him there full-time, and that's a pretty dang good fourth line in my opinion. So I think for that reason alone, it actually helps out Pittsburgh a lot more than others would think. And you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. You know, sure he had a good season offensively, but I don't think you can bank on him doing that again next season, especially because he's not going to be playing on a line with two really good defensive players in Zach Aston Reese and Teddy Bluger. So honestly, going into this, I had Tana being taken as one of the better or one of the, yeah, I guess one of the better case scenarios. Obviously, I had Zucker up there. Clearing that five and a half million would be awesome. But then again, if you do clear him off, your left wing depth on the team suddenly becomes a little bit more of an issue. Obviously, I would have loved if they could have taken Pedersen. That's four million off your cap, but they could still trade him. But again, three and a half million per. Seattle is doing them a favor because if you look at all the the picks that were leaked today, which was basically every single one. I mean, I think they all got leaked within a two to three hour span, starting at 10 a.m. to uh, to 1 p.m. Excuse me. You know, total salary it's only around 49 million. The cap floor, I believe, is around 48, 47 million. So they still have like 25 to 30 million in salary cap space to play with this offseason. So they will definitely try and upgrade any way they can. And again, taking Tana's contract for them was probably a way to get to the cap floor because they didn't take a lot of high salary players, at least from what was leaked. I mean, they did not take Vladimir Tarasenko. It sounds like it's going to be Vince Dunn. They passed on Carey Price. They're going to pick Chris Drieger. They're going to sign him to a three and a half million per contract for three years. So again, that compares with Brandon Tanev money-wise. They just signed Jamie Alexiak right before I started recording. Five years, 4.6 million per. Definitely, I think, a bit of an overpay in my opinion, but right now, he's the highest paid player, I think, on the Kraken, and they haven't even made any trades yet. We have not even uh, seen any trades announced with the Kraken. I think that will happen tonight. Anyways, getting back to my Tana discussion, that's just how it goes sometimes. It's much easier to replace a player like him than it would be Zach Aston Reese, and it also would not help them salary cap-wise if they lost Aston Reese instead of Tana's because now they will have a lot more space to play with. And I know a lot of people said this on Penguins Twitter today. I agree. You know, you have to, the big kicker is you have to spend the cap space in a way that will actually help the team. You can't do what Jim Rutherford did a few years ago when he cleared salary with Matt Harmuk and Connor Sherry, which was fine. You know, you give Connor Sherry away to Buffalo, you can replace him with a fine depth forward. You give away Matt Harmuk, who wasn't good, okay, you have decent salary cap space to play with. Then he gives it all away and vomits all over himself and gives it to Jack Johnson. You know, you can't be giving the salary cap space to Jonathan Quick on 50% salary because he's washed now, or Nicholas Delorier, which for some reason, apparently, Jeff Merrick on 31 Thoughts said that team are potentially willing to give up a first round pick for him. I'm glad that Ron Hextall and Brian Burke don't have that, but it would be ludicrous to spend your salary cap space on two players who are one, washed, and two, bring nothing of value to the lineup. So that is the big thing here. They have to actually 
use their cap space wisely now that Seattle is basically giving the Penguins a gift and taking one of their higher salary cap players. And I'll also say this again. I was definitely a bit surprised this morning when I read that from Frank Cittarelli that they were closing in on taking Tanev. I thought for sure it was going to be Aston Reese. I'll chalk that one up as an L. I thought there was an outside shot at Zucker as Rob Rossi also tweeted. I definitely did not think that they would actually take on four more years of Brandon Tanev at three and a half million per. You know, maybe they could flip them. I doubt that's going to happen. I think they're going to take him and put him on the what the third fourth line use him for a lot of marketing he can be a fan favorite there just it, it honestly reminds me a little bit of the Mark andre Fleury pick in the way that again what I just said you can use him for a lot of marketing he can be a fan favorite for the next four years and sure you know if you're bad you can trade him though I don't see that happening um, especially in the first year that they are a franchise I think he's going to be there for at least the next couple years it definitely is going to suck to lose Tana this is not a Jack Johnson situation where it's like oh my god I'm so happy he's leaving the team I'm definitely really upset that he is going to be leaving Pittsburgh but I also know that they can replace him via free agency or, or internally and that it helps them solve their biggest problem going into this offseason which is the goaltending and finding an upgrade over Tristan Jari. So those are my overall thoughts on Seattle, most likely taking Brandon Tanev, the official announcement. The broadcast is about to start in five minutes on ESPN. I really just hope they cut to the chase here, say, hey, we know that it got leaked basically earlier in the day, but we're going to provide the best analysis that we can. Um, this is their debut. I mean, this is the first time that they've had the rights back since what, 2004, I think, 2005. So um, I'm going to be really curious to watch it on ESPN to see um, just how they do. Uh, coming up in the next segment, we're going to get to your thoughts on uh, Seattle taking Brandon Tanev and what you think the Penguins should do with that much-needed cap space. Before we do get to that, it's time to talk about Green Room. It's the perfect place to start or join conversations around the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me, hopefully at the end of this week. Uh, be sure to join me then. I'll be hosting a room. You can go download the free Green Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. I still think they are doing a test on Android as well. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Hunter Hodes to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. We also cannot forget about Bilt Bar. They have many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the flavors well, you are missing out. Cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, salted caramel, just to name a few. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Uh, they, a lot of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors all tasty, and all healthy. You can go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So just after watching the first 15 minutes of the ESPN broadcast, I absolutely love uh, they literally had a octopus slash squid make the third pick for the Red Wings for obvious reasons. You know, you throw a squid on the ice in Detroit, 
Okay, I don't need to explain something so obvious. I think everyone that listens to this podcast would know why that they did that. And as Frank Cervelli still batting 100 or 1,000 right now, three for three, um, all three of the picks so far that have been made all were ones that were leaked um, earlier this morning and this afternoon um, on Twitter. So let's get to your thoughts on what the Penguins should do um, with this new cap space. I'll start with Travis807. I think they should trade Marcus Pedersen for Evgeny Dadnov. That that would be interesting. I think that does make sense for both sides. He says the centers want to move him. Uh, Dadnov had an off year, and so far as he was on a crappy team with a crappy power play, but still was on pace for 19 goals. Centers have a serious lack of left-handed defenseman. Pedersen is young, cost-controlled. I actually would not mind that, Travis. You know, Dadnov is a left-wing. Uh, with losing McCann, there is a uh, void to fill. On that left side, so bringing him in makes a ton of sense. You move Pedersen now, you elevate P.O. Joseph. Um, I think your defense doesn't really miss a beat. I'm sure you could go Joseph, Marino, Matheson, whoever else on the on the third pairing. I think it's totally fine because I do think that Joseph is ready for a full-time role on this team. So I think that trade would make a lot of sense. And then um, Dadnoff, he's not even making that much money. They will still have cap space to go out and get a goaltender right after that. So I am down for that, Travis. Thank you for sending that in. Thomas Nevitt says, priority number one, get a goaltender in free agency. Well, Thomas, you know, I'm going to throw this out there. You know, I'm just going to say this for you all. I'm feeling a lot better about the Penguins' chances in as of this moment to go out and get John Gibson from the Anaheim Ducks than I have felt in the last year or two. I think they have the cap space to do it now. I'm sure that contract is kind of iffy, but you know, if the Ducks want to eat a little bit of that money, I don't think Bob Murray is that good of a general manager. Sure, he would be asking for a, a bunch of stuff in return. Assets-wise, that is. Uh, I think the Penguins could potentially be able to pay it, and it would be a massive upgrade over Jari. Yes, I understand that Gibson has not been good these last couple years. If I go to his hockey reference page, um, I mean, but also... The thing with Gibson is, I mean, he's played on the Ducks, and they just—they're not a good team. I mean, this year, nine and nineteen seven, nine oh three save percentage. But for his uh, career thus far, he's a nine seventeen goal. Yes, I understand he was only at nine oh four the year before that in twenty twenty. Um, 51 games, but before that, 917 in 2019, 926 in 2018, and 2017, 924. Um, so he's been a career, mostly a career 920 goalie or higher, uh, and he's only 28 years old. You would be bringing him home because, of course, he is from Pittsburgh, and I think he would do a hell of a lot better in front of Pittsburgh's defense than he would in front of the Ducks' defense, and especially their forwards as well. They do not play a structured game out there. Mike Sullivan coaches his team to be responsible defensively. I think that would be a big deal with Gibson coming over to Pittsburgh. I really think you would see his numbers skyrocket. Uh, Jay of Locked On Jackets says, can we interest you in one season of a gently used Max Domi? Uh, no, Jay. I, I think I'm going to have to pass on that. Uh, I do not want Max Domi here in Pittsburgh. I know a couple um, other people from Penguins Twitter have talked about Domi coming to the Penguins. I really don't think you're going to get that good of a player. I mean, just, you know, looking at his underlying numbers from last year and, just, and then just looking at his counting stats, only 24 points in 54 games. Nine of those were goals. Was only on the ice for 46.5% of the shot attempts for. 
I mean, it was just a big-time struggle for him last season. But even before that, in Montreal, only had 17 goals, 44 points in 71 games. His best season came in 2019 with the Habs. It was almost a point-per-game player, but I don't think he's ever going to get back to that level. Sure, I could be wrong, but, you know, with the cap hit that he makes right now, I think it's at around, what, a little over four and a half, close to five. It just doesn't make sense, in my opinion. Uh, so the Penguins really should not do that. And, of course, you know, King Clarkie already talks about it as well. Should they make a play for John Gibson? Yes, Clark, I would absolutely love them to go for Gibson. He is definitely one of the best goalies on the market right now. And hopefully the Penguins will have the assets um, that Anaheim would want, even though I'm sure it would cost um, a whole lot to get Gibson uh, over to the Penguins. But that'll wrap up this segment. So there's some really good options here. You know, I honestly like Travis is the best. A Pedersen for Dadnov trade I had not thought about. Um, a lot, but it makes a lot of sense. You know, just Dadnov's underlying numbers, I thought this year, were also pretty good too. Let me just make sure of those real quick. And they honestly weren't especially bad. Was on the ice for about 52% of the overall shot attempts, 46.4% um, of the actual goals. Um, but before that in Florida, 52.1% um, in 2020, 52.9% uh, in 2019. So he's always been around 52 to 55% in terms of actual goals for. Um, and expected goals this year, around 50%. He's been hovering around that for his entire career. Scoring chances, right over 50%. And that's on a not that good Ottawa team. He also was on the ice for 51.6% of the high danger chances for and was on the ice for 19 high danger goals for versus 14 high danger goals against for 57.5%. So imagine he plays on uh, the, the second line with Evgeny Malkin when he's fully healthy. You finally get that Russian winger for Gino that we all kept talking about when Gino was in his prime. you got to bring in a Russian uh, player for Gino, you know, especially because they ha don't have Ruslan Fedotenko anymore. I mean, everyone always talked about Nikolai Kuluman when he was in the league. And they remember people talking about Vladimir Tarasenko with trying to make a trade for him. There were so many others, you know, but at least he's a good player. And I'm not even sure if Ottawa wants him anymore. I think Bruce Garriott of the Ottawa um, Citizen uh, has been reporting that they're trying to move him. So um, that trade makes a lot of sense. And I'm really glad you brought that to me, Travis, because um, I think the Penguins win that trade pretty easily, in my opinion. But. Before we do get to the next segment, it's time to talk about BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's been online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. They are continuing to announce the pick. I think they just um, announced, was it the Hayden Flurry pick? Um, I think they're, they're, they're at, oh no, it's uh, Cal Flurry, um, excuse me, from the Montreal Canadiens. So we are finally um, starting to get to the big picks. Chris Giger, um was also just announced as well. Three-year, $10.5 million deal with the Kraken. I think that's pretty good. It looks like the Capitals are going to lose Vitek Vanacek too. 
Seattle. And that's going to be interesting to see, you know, how Ilya Samsona transitions to being the guy next year. I mean, we don't know if Henrik Lundqvist is going to be coming back from this injury or if the Capitals will sign him back. Um, Vanacek was a good goalie, I thought, for the Caps this year. So I think they're definitely going to miss him. I think the NHL overall with this, I'm just going to talk about this for a couple minutes before um, I have another episode tomorrow. I think they did bungle this a little bit. They should have just had all of the picks due by around 6, 6.30 at night because the broadcast was going to be at 8 o'clock. Even though some of the picks were probably going to get leaked. I mean, this happens all the time in the NBA draft, the NFL draft. The the picks get leaked early. But the insiders would have ran out of time. If you give them, like, 10 hours uh, to dig and look for the picks with all of the sources that they have, whether it's Frank Cerebelli, Elliot Friedman, Pierre Lebron, etc., etc., they're going to find out all the picks for you. And that is exactly what happened today during that three to four hour stretch starting from around 10 a.m. Eastern time to about 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern time. They should have just had the picks due at around 6, 6.30 or even had them due at 8 o'clock and then boom, there's your show. Because right now, there's probably not that many other people watching than there should be because they honestly could have made this like a whole spectacle. And again, you know, just have the picks uh, due right around the time of the broadcast, maybe an hour before. Boom, most of them would not have been announced. And there's your show. I mean, I, I wish the NHL would have done that, but you know, this is this is peak NHL right now. Um, they also just announced the Yanni Gord pick from the Tampa Bay Lightning. I was talking about that a lot on my Twitter. I wasn't sure where they were going to go from Palat, Kalorn, Yanni Gord. Gord is a really good player, so it looks like Tampa Bay will actually be losing some serious talent um, this year going into next year in the form of him. I mean, Barkley Gaudreau got that ridiculous contract from the Rangers. Um, I really don't know what the Rangers are doing with that contract. Six years, $3.6 million per. Um, Blake Coleman's going to get a lot of money. So they definitely are not going to be, I guess, as stacked going into next year, but I'm sure they can just fill all their holes internally, and they can run it back with their core, and they're going to be um, a very, very tough out. But again, just to wrap up this episode, I'll repeat what I said Earlier in this, when it comes to the Penguins, um, it's an unexpected favor from Seattle that they are taking Brandon Tanev. Yes, I understand that he's a heart, you know, kind of player, has a lot of character, you know, he's gritty, has all the intangibles that a lot of people look for, big fan favorite, but when you really look at it, this will help the team not only in the short term, but in the long term, as they will get more salary cap flexibility these next three to four years than they previously thought they would. That is the biggest thing here. They have holes to fill this offseason, starting with the goalie position. They cannot afford to run the same tandem back next season because no one, and I mean no one, will take the Penguins seriously if they roll Casey DeSmith and Tristan Jari back as both their goalies next season. I know Ron Hextall knows that. He's not going to come out and say that one of his goalies stink or that, you know, he's looking for this big time upgrade. He's going to work in the shadows. That is what he does best. And I'll be curious to see what he does with that position, especially because he knows it so well. Again, please do not trade for Jonathan Quick. That will be the worst case scenario for getting a goalie. And I'm also curious to see tonight what other side deals are announced at the expansion draft. Again, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins. And I will talk to you all tomorrow to discuss further on Brandon Tanev and what else this could mean for the rest of the offseason with the Penguins. So let's do this again tomorrow.